human understanding. Life, beautifully designed by God Almighty to showcase His extraordinary abilities. We were created to manifest the glory of the Lord and fulfill His purpose. We were created to be happy and live according to His desires. But sometimes we experience the harsh side of reality. We pass through difficult situations that may challenge our faith. But the Bible says that in difficult times we must hold steadfast to our faith. We must believe in God's works more than ever. In difficult times, all we need is a little faith, hope, prayer and inspiration. Midnight Date seeks to encourage people to be like Job during times of tribulations. Midnight Date is a show aimed at providing restoration through spiritual education and the practical application of prayer. We walk with fellow soldiers in Christ through moments of trials. Are you going through situations that put your faith in disbalance? Why not join us today so that we can walk through this together? Life, a state of existence beyond human understanding. Life, beautifully designed by God Almighty to showcase His extraordinary abilities. We were created to manifest the glory of the Lord and fulfill His purpose. We were created to be happy and live according to His desires. But sometimes we experience the harsh side of reality. We pass through difficult situations that may challenge our faith. But the Bible says that in difficult times we must hold steadfast to our faith. We must believe in God's works more than ever. In difficult times, all we need is a little faith, hope, prayer and inspiration. Midnight Date seeks to encourage people to be like Job during times of tribulations. Midnight Date is a show aimed at providing restoration through spiritual education and the practical application of prayer. We walk with fellow soldiers in Christ through moments of trials. Are you going through situations that put your faith in disbalance? Why not join us today so that we can walk through this together? Good morning, no. good morning, good morning! <laughs> Night Riders, wherever you are, come on, go ahead and share this broadcast as many times as possible. We are going leader. Yes, we are turning up the volume this month of August. Happy New Month, everybody. Go ahead and say Happy New Month to at least three people in the broadcast right i want to see your comments tell us where you're watching from this is midnight date and i am major daughter today we are talking criminalization of christianity in south africa this is all about the peculiar amendment bill so i'm not alone i have so i have people who are loaded here loaded i have professor and pastor support they are loaded with information and they're here to educate us do you know somebody who needs to hear this message right now go ahead and share this broadcast tell everybody we are live good morning sister dog good morning solo fellow yeah nice I'm saying this name for the first time on the stream. Who agrees with me? Good morning, Mama Rose. I can see you, Mama Louise. Good morning, Siyah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this beautiful broadcast. Look, 
it's gonna be something else if you have your questions if you have your your comments put them on the comment section we want to know what you think watch this video before it becomes illegal because some of the things yeah may not be allowed we still have time to say them now but the time is coming that is if the church in South Africa doesn't do anything about it. All right, I can see Tabo watching from Mututung Brads. Good morning to you. Go ahead and share this broadcast as many times as possible. Tell everybody we are live, live, live. We have Professor Mulelo and Pastor Sipo. They are loaded. They're not just loaded, but they're also filled with the Holy Ghost to share with you. To share with you, happy new month, everybody. This is Midnight Dead, and we are going leader. Let me hear somebody say leader, leader, leader. <laughs> we are leading this month. Let me tell you what that is all about. I'm giving you exactly one minute. I'm giving you one minute to get everybody here. I'm giving you one minute to get everybody here. After that, we are gone. We are gone. We are gone. You don't want to miss anything. Cool. So says, good morning. I'm watching from Johannesburg. Oh, is that Johannesburg? Good morning, Kuto. Good to see you. Doda, uti saupo nankosa zana emplope. Haibo, bagis, umba, nuena. Saupo, nashange. Uti saupo nankosa zana emplope. Njanga zislatu zonwa. Hey, what's the one shobo? Aibo, sanbona ni sanbona na lapekaya city leader, leader, sanbona ni makaya naka. Well, to our global community, welcome, welcome from wherever you're joining us on Rocky TV, on Fire TV, YouTube, Twitter. Good morning to you. We've got 30 seconds left, right? Happy new month. May the Lord protect you this month. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Joseph, good morning to you. May God shower you with all the relevant blessings in this month. And may you remain relevant. Yes. Now, the month of uh, August is a month of uh, new beginnings, right? I'm talking about because of it being uh, the new month, of, 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 being, of being the eighth month, right? Number eight is a number of new beginnings. Everybody's here. Everybody's here. Well, without any waste of time, can we just go ahead and introduce to the whole world? This is Mzansi. We're talking about our own matters here, but we are glad that you're also joining us. So I want to go ahead. Count me down, please. <laughs> Count me down. Count me down. Two. Three, right? Three, two, no, five, four. You don't know this. Criminalization of Christianity in South Africa is a serious deal. This is all about the Pepuda Amendment Bill. Now, joining me in the studio today is Pastor Sipo and Professor Mbulelo, welcome, welcome to our global community. We are so glad to have you. Please go ahead and greet the global community. Can we meet you? Who are you? Where are you coming from? We can start with Pastor uh, Sanibu, or Professor. Yes. Sanibu Nani Mulweni, Dumelang, Tobela, Njalonjalo, everywhere. Uh, we greet you this evening in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I'm Bulalo Jassi. Um, I'm the Bishop 
of the Omega uh, Church uh, International Ministries. I'm based in Johannesburg. I'm also part of the newly formed National Advisory uh, Council of various um, Christian movements in South Africa. Uh, good evening. Good evening to uh, you viewers and this. Uh, it is very interesting to be with you this evening. Uh, good evening and I greet you all of you, the international community. And it's a very, very great opportunity to have you listening to us and also listening to you. My name is Pastor Sipo Mengizileli. I am the president of Godly Governance Network in South Africa. And also together with Professor, we are members of the National Advisory Council of Christian Movements in South Africa. Thank you. This is beautiful. We welcome you and thank you for your time. Now, educators, are we in a, in a, in a time where we're going to see Christianity being criminalized right now, right here? Is something happening? Is the world coming to an end? What is this Papuda bill? And what does it mean for Christianity? Is the world coming to an end, professor? I think that is the view of the uh, various uh, Christian organizations across the country. Um, fortunately, we had um, a national symposium uh, on the 10th of July, where we brought uh, various stakeholders in one room, uh, including people with legal minds, um, just to advise each other, though um some of us already submit uh, in terms of this uh, uh, Pepuda um, amendment bill a majority of christians about 80 percent uh, submitted that means we were in compliance um we were viewing as i mean saying these are the views of christians in the country but we felt that is not enough we need to we must meet and we met and we agreed that uh, there's something wrong um, with this um, uh, bill. For instance, this is about promotion of, uh, of equality and prevention of unfair discrimination. For us, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, remember, Christians are for uh, freedom. Christians are for equality. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Christians are for freedom. I mean, uh, Christians were in the forefront of um, uh, uh, liberation in this country. Uh, we have been forgotten that and our role as, 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 as Christians, including building infrastructure in various countries in this continent. So there's no way that Christians, all of a sudden, we can now come up and, and, and allow um, a, 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 an amendment of this type now to dictate to us as christians for instance uh, that um, who must um, uh, i mean where people all of a sudden we remember uh, is a tricky part in this whole thing that uh, churches are registered in south africa as non-profit organizations as non-profit companies 
as voluntary associations. We're not federations, we're not unions, we're not political parties. So people are coming to our churches, are coming voluntarily. So no one can tell us that um, you can't, for instance, believe in this manner um, and go to court and challenge us. We're clear, we're following our supreme law and our supreme law as Christians is our Bible, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Our supreme law, let me repeat, our supreme law as Christians is our Bible. The supreme law of the country is the constitution. And the supreme law of the land is the constitution. But the supreme law of Christians is the Bible. So, for instance, we, we, we discovered in that um, a symposium that there's something wrong with this um, a, a amendment bill and we are rejecting it. And we, in fact, we're even saying there was no reason to amend this bill. There was no reason to amend, uh, but we knew that there was something fishy um, because now people will, will, be, will even come to our churches and say, you can't preach in this manner. And unfortunately, you can't edit our, our supreme law, which is the Bible. So the, 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 the symposium gave us a mandate that uh, we must continue to engage pastors across the country because this can't be once off. And we must also challenge this, the status quo and go as far as talking to the Department of Justice, Parliament, including the presidents, to, to say, can you um, consult broadly on these issues? Because we feel that um, uh, Christianity is under attack because we don't see other faith-based institutions treated uh, like Christians in this country. Hence, um, the symposium felt that um, we're free to go out and talk about how we feel. And, and by, by, by expressing our view, we're not attacking any group, we're not against uh, activists, we're not against anyone. We know that activists are, are not uh, developing laws in this country. Parliament is the one developing laws oh this this is interesting and uh i i want to i want to i want pastor sipa to come in also can you give us examples of of what can be said to be wrong in, in the church uh, uh, like concerning this bill what is it that you can be found doing wrong because if the bible is our supreme law as the church. Can this bill tell you that there are things you cannot say which are coming from the Bible as a pastor or as a Christian leader in your, in your sermon, for instance, or in, in your articles, whatever it is, even in your social media? Can this bill dictate to you exactly what you cannot do? And if yes, give us the examples. If possible, Pastor Sipo or Professor, anyone can take that one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No. I. I. I will respond uh, to that. But I just want to uh, give some kind of a a a, a background to yes. what Prof and we are talking about. We seem to be focusing on the Pepudabi, uh, which has just come out at this stage as the current law in the making 
which seeks to deal with what we have called the criminalization of Christianity. Yes. I want us to to understand that this is this is not the beginning of things. Uh, the the agenda, which is To the humanist religious agenda with being implemented and promoted through human rights advocation. I am not saying that human rights are not supposed to be advocated, but there has to be an understanding that there are communities, in particular the Christian community, whose values have glued, have brought this community, this South Africa together for a long time. Uh, okay. And Pastor, now, when you come, for example, and, 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 and yes, and I'm I'm sorry yes. to interrupt you. We're gonna have to ask you to start again from scratch. Apparently, you were muted at some stage, and the viewers could not hear what you're saying. Please, I really apologize. If you could really start from take it from the top again. You said you really want to give a background because it's not just about the Perpuda Amendment Bill, but it's beyond that. It goes way back. So people didn't hear that. They didn't yes. hear that. And we really, really want to be educated on this, please. If you can just start from the top again. I sincerely apologize about that. Yes. No, that's that's fine. My, my point of departure is that we are talking here today about the criminalization of Christianity. And we are starting that discussion because of the people. And my point is that the criminalization of Christianity has not started with Peputa Bill in South Africa. And I'm saying that because I know that it is part of a truly a global agenda uh, to do away all, all of all the Christian values, the Christian lifestyles, moral standards and principles, which are enshrined in the Bible which is our constitution, as Professor has said. So basically, we are in a war situation here between two views, a humanist view and a Christian view in terms of what kind of a nation or what kind of a society we are being in South Africa. So I want to say, let's go back and say, what is it that has been done before we come to Peputa Bill, to criminalize the South Africa, the Christian values, Christian lifestyle, Christian principles, and Christian moral standards. Since the, the advent of what was called the constitutional democracy, 
which is the law, the supreme law, that all other legislations flows from it. You can see that even the fact that he adopted a secular kind of a constitution, and that secular kind of a constitution has got what is called the Bill of Rights. And that Bill of Rights has got so many freedoms and rights that have been stipulated in it. But the interpretation and the implementation of that constitution and that Bill of Rights, you can clearly see that it has been much more focused on criminalizing all the values, the moral standards, the lifestyle that we have been embracing as Christians. In fact, not even as Christians. We don't want to realize this matter. As South Africans, let's take, for example, what has been happening here in what we call in the today the criminalization of Christianity. The first thing that has happened here was that through that constitution, in fact, through the negotiations, the first thing that was done in South Africa to deal, to, to attack Christian values and principles was to remove the stance uh, paragraph from the from the from the national anthem for whatever reasons that was done but to us as christians it was the beginning of an onslaught against christianity removing that stanza that says come down holy spirit in our nation to guide us and protect us and lead us to a destiny that all south africans are embracing now if you flow down with what has happened in the constitution itself if you look at the number of legislation that have been prioritized by the south african government and implemented the first attack was on the family and that attack was to criminalize even the combos or the definition of family and this is what is happening up until this stage the family as an institution, a godly institution, was redefined and reconceptualized to accept anything that is immoral, anything that is not of the norms that the society has embraced. So the, the purpose for the redefinition and reconceptualization of family and marriage in particular was a direct attack to criminalize all the values, the principles, and institutions that us as Christian communities, we have embraced and are still embracing. So that agenda has been going on. You can count so many legislation that have been implemented in South Africa. You go to the whole issue of the termination of pregnancy, choice for the termination of pregnancy act. It's a direct attack to Christian values for life. Well, how to Christian value life? It has been that, it, it, that has been going on. It was an attack to say, Anything can be happen, can happen. All what we want to do is to ensure that uh, we remove all what they call conservative uh, lifestyle of Christians. And to now, basically, you with the Peppuda Bill, it's a it's for me the tightening of screws of all the loose ends because the legislative framework to criminalize Christianity in South Africa has been completed, it's in place. Now the Peputa Bill comes in to tighten and to put the final nail to Christianity. And in fact, not even Christianity, in fact, to the, the, to the freedom of religion. 
and 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 I'm saying from 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 where I'm coming on, this part of the the Christ agenda, um, which has been now implemented in South Africa. In fact, South Africa has taken a very uh, frontline position in terms of pioneering all these uh, antichrist agendas. And for for me, uh, that's the context that we must understand the the, the coming up of the Peputa Bill, because it's it's not it's not like there's been no other legislations that have been intended and they have effectively criminalized Christian values, Christian principles, Christian institutions, and Christian lifestyle. So that's that's the challenge that we're facing. And if if I were to to be quite open about it. This is not a South African agenda. This is not what South, African, South Africans have been fighting for. This is not the kind of a social transformation agenda that we have been pushing. We, we have not come to sodomize. We didn't fight for the sodomization of our country. We, did not, we didn't fight for removing God out of the governance and social system of South Africa. But today, if you were to speak about the education system, the, the legislation that was first implemented, there was a change of the curriculum in South Africa. The curriculum was changed completely so that it embraces values that are anti-Christian and receive values that are ungodly. And curriculum statement 2005, which is an act of parliament, part of that, gives effect to the changes in the policy direction in terms of what is the content of the education system and what should be the, the governance framework of an education system. That is where you find ourselves, like the issues of corporal punishment were removed. And then they were replaced by like that there shouldn't be corporal Children should be treated anyway, whatever they are doing. The second thing was the content itself of evolution theory. At high, at, low, at, at, at high school and secondary school level. And the intention of that syllabus itself was to remove God from the mindset of young people. That, was the, that can be the only objective to say, there's no such a thing that you were, were created according to God. There's no such a thing that you are in, created according to the image and the likeness of God. You evolved. You know, we're giving you a scientific wow. explanation of who you are. That's been a direct legalized attack on the basic fundamental values of Christianity. In fact, not even Christianity, of what God, it's, it's an ungodly agenda. Let me put it on so that I accommodate other religions. Because even with that, so many people have been seeing this, this program unfolding. But you know what? The other act that has been on the pipelines in South Africa was the repeal of the South African of the of the this repeal of the suppression of witchcraft act of 1952 it's part of the act that is there which is on the pipeline which is intended to to legitimize witchcraft yeah. under the guise that this is this is about promoting indigenous knowledge oh. systems so so i'm saying that the Peputa bill is is just the final nail to tighten that is why it has come at this stage is because we as Christians have been sleeping and we have accepted a lot of ungodly legislation along the way. And we have not responded. And now 
those who are obsessed with the Antichrist agenda and the establishment of a new world order have arrived at a phase where they can say, now, let's tighten screws. Let's make sure that there's not even a small right that is given to them. The right to associate, the right to assemble, the right to gather, the right to preach. And, and, and for me, that's why I am basically saying that there's no way that we can sing, we can say the Peputa bill uh, is, is, is just an isolated bill. This is a program of action, of an, 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 of an, an agenda that is intended to promote satanism, basically, in South Africa and throughout the world. Let, let, let me stop there so that we, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can talk about this thing much more broader. But all what I'm saying that the reason why now they have tightened it and the reason why churches have come out is because it's now beginning to come directly to affect pastors at a personal level, congregants at a personal level. And I'm saying, no, we wait up very late and a lot of damage has been done. And this is the final nail. And after this, there's nothing else that we're going to it's, it's only that Christians must stand up. And this is not a Christian agenda. This is, this is a societal problem. If you can tell me that the one that I've, I've, I've elected to represent me in parliament, a lawmaking body, must come and tell my the coming generation, my children, that I went to exile. I fought for a struggle so that my child can abort at the age of 12 years without even my consent. And you make that a legislation and call that transformation, nation building. And you must know what nation are you building? What someone, kind of a society are you building? What informs say, the whole transformation agenda? Some, someone will say, Pastor Sipo, that... Hello? Someone will say, Mfundi Siguti, where were you all this time? If you say this agenda has been going on, where were you? And if you say that they're just tightening up the screws now, was, was the church sleeping? And if the church was sleeping, where were you to conscientize the people and the church? Mfundis, are you there? All right, uh, we, we seem to, um, to have issues with the sound uh, of uh, 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 Pastor C. Pomfundis, can you hear me? All right, let me move to you, uh, Professor Mbulelo. Can you tell us what is informing this bill? What, what, is, what, is, the, what is the drive to such an amendment? I think... Um, uh, uh, um... Uh, lawmakers are trying their level best in ensuring that
and we can't go back there now. We can't go. We can't go back. Um, we really need to make sure that uh, our constitution is is is, is respected. Uh, con constitution of this country uh, is 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 protecting religion, but now parliament is reversing all that. Hence, I agree uh, um, with Umfundisi Mingazeli that there is an agenda here of trying to control everybody. That's why it is important that we re-emphasize that Christians are about and for transformation. We don't have a problem with that. Um, even this society, we can confirm that we are part of transformation, but you can't transform people by controlling them. Mm. You can't yes. transform society by ensuring that our laws very soon there will be uh, laws uh, where now we'll be even told that uh, you must uh, from now on uh, forget about uh, a certain gospels in the bible if we're careful we cannot allow that so that like means which ones? we need to add would you would you mind so I'm, I'm professor like which gospels would I'm, you mind being blunt i mean there are so many people here, they want to hear. i also personally because I hear that these things could affect how we present our shows, how, how we communicate through social media, YouTube, everywhere. So, which gospels? I'm making an example that yes. if we don't stop this, if we don't stop this, there will be a moment where we are, where we are uh, uh, summoned by uh, politicians mm. um, and they will would say from now on i'm making an example that is and even challenge me whilst i'm preaching um uh, people can challenge and say i disagree with you yeah and remember and remember um this is a voluntary association in terms of the law if you if you are not comfortable with my preaching, go elsewhere and start your own thing. You can't tell me what to say because I can't edit a, a gospels. I can't. Yeah. So I'm, that, hence I'm saying, if we're careful, they will come back and say because now that it's like that's testing waters. Yes, that's testing waters. If if we don't, I'm not saying we must revolt, but if we don't stop this nonsense, one day they will come back and say, for instance, there are people now, all of a sudden, uh, in these uh, interfaith uh, movements, who are now experts of Christianity. They are not even Christians. Labeling Christianity as a Western culture, wow. labeling Christianity as a colonial tool. We can't, we can't fold arms and attend those uh, meetings where we are being insulted. And yet, they, for instance, I attended um a, a conference some time back sorry to 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 spend time on this matter i attended a conference and there was interfaith and this this conference was uh, uh, convened by a crl commission in south africa for instance and see its mandate of the crl act is to protect religion yes. but christians were in that conference we were told that we are just a tool and we're a foreign uh, um, a religion we are a western agenda imperial what what and 
none of those commissioners stood up and protected us. So hence I'm yes. saying if we, if we don't stop thing, address this thing very soon, they will tell us that we must not use our Bible. It's not a correct Bible. We must use this and that because they they, they are more knowledgeable because they are busy. I don't know who's um, assisting our system, but I think they got it wrong. And as Christians, we don't appreciate the, the men who are, uh, who are being treated in South Africa because they don't treat Islam like this. They don't even know what is a, a, a Quran. They don't even tamper with Quran, but with our Bible that they just do as they wish. They, for instance, recently were told that we must not even participate in anything in South Africa. We were not even regarded as uh, essential workers. But now there is looting, a community is revolting, and then we are being regarded as people who are important. We must come and talk to people. Since when? But I thought there was a time when the the the, the church or the, the 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 leaders, pastors, and religious leaders were recognized as. Um, as essential service in the country. Did that change? And if it did, when did it really change? Because I'm not sure if I saw any news regarding that. Or it just disappeared. Well, we are only, we are only acknowledged when there is a crisis. It's like, we are, for instance, there is a crisis now. Okay, so can okay, I... okay we, we seem to be losing the um, ooh, 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 professor. Mfundis, I think you are yes, I'm back. to say something. <laughs> Please go ahead. I'm back, yes. Yes, I, I just want to, to touch where Prof has left uh, on the fact that uh, Christianity is, is, the, is the prime target in terms of uh, transformation agenda of our government. And uh, even, even institutions chapter nine institutions which which means the south african uh, human rights the crl a commission on religious affairs and other institutions when you look at issues that they are dealing with like what is talking about they are dealing actually with issues that tend not to protect christianity christian values and christian practices but they are on a daily basis on an agenda to discredit them to attack them to look for any loophole yeah. and i'm saying that because i i we have submitted a complaint with the south african with the commission on religious affairs up in 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 march and that complaint was as a result of a commissioner mm. who went outside in, in a community and said people must do away with the bible because it's a colonial agenda Exactly, I want to confirm. There's a complaint right now in their desk that they are not dealing with it effectively. Because he said they must do away with the Bibles. If they, they said, if I'm still here as a commissioner, I'm going to propose to government that government must give me more funds so that I can employ young people who will go all around throughout South Africa to collect all these Bibles and we take them back to the colonizers, you know, okay. which is to him is the white people. Wow. I'm talking about a commissioner, mm -hmm. a commissioner, somebody who's entrusted with a responsibility to promote and protect religion. He comes in and attacks religion publicly. Mm. And that's a commission, CRN. 
And then that, that's an institution of government, constitutionally established. But what comes out of it has got nothing to do with the promotion and 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 and, and protection of religious freedoms. In fact, the much publicized and much uh, articulated freedom of freedom of religion in South Africa is nothing else but a strategy to deal with Christian values, Christian lifestyle, Christian and moral standards. And that's what has been happening. As, as Professor has said, all other religions are quiet. Why? It's because they are not, they are not, they are not tempered in terms of their values, their lifestyle, their moral standards, their norms, their practices. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're they not, not the prime enemy of Yes, yeah. And, 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 and let's take, for example, the issue of um, uh, uh, homosexual relations. You know, the issue of Sodom and Gomorrah is not new in any society. But the question that I've been asking myself is why immediately post apartheid the transformation agenda of government has been focused more on dealing with issues that are actually trying to destroy christian values principles and moral standards things that have glued things that have actually made them to be what they are in parliament as leaders you know why are they doing that and i am saying the the the, the, the you will analyze and analyze and you will come to one conclusion that this is much more than South Africa. This is a global agenda. Our leaders are showing their commitment to the Antichrist New Age 10-point program of Alice Bailey. One of those points, I'm going to go with you. The first point, it says, take God and prayer out of the, out of the, the school system, out of the education system. Mm. Immediately, South Africa it has done that thoroughly. It introduced removal of corporal punishment in school. What is happening now in schools? The second thing, it has introduced the syllabus that I was talking about to take God out of school syllabus, out of education system. Why? It's because they want to create a generation where God is not known. The whole notion of God must be removed from the mindset of people. You groom and you grow up people who are anti-Christ and anti-God for that matter, you know? Then that's one. South Africa has done and has done that. In fact, it's continuing with implementing that because they have just recently introduced a sex education where they are introducing sexual immorality in schools, removing all the biblical principles and moral standards that we've grown up with to become adults that we are today. You understand? That's, that's the, the content. They are introducing policies. In fact, they are now saying there must be a, a satanic church is actually going to court very soon to say satanism must be taught in schools. And South Africa government is going to be the front runner in, in pioneering all these things here in South Africa. Then the second thing, the issue of, 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 of removing biblical studies from the syllabus. Okay, you can remove it. But what are you replacing it with? You, do you replace it with a, an antichrist agenda? That's an issue that we have to deal with. That's one, one clause of the global antichrist agenda 
This says, remove God. If you want to destroy Christianity in all nations, you must remove God and prayer out of the education system too. It says, destroy the traditional uh, Judeo-Christian uh, family structure, which means you must redefine the family to mean anything to anyone. And in doing that, you must redefine marriage to mean anything to anyone. And South Africa has been very much, you know, diligent in ensuring that by now, the whole definition on conceptualization of what a family is, has been distorted. You can, a, a male and a male can get married and then we're told that someone is pregnant and all, all those kinds of things that are funny that you don't, you can't even understand, you can't even imagine how do they happen. And I'm saying people who are making those laws are people that have not grown out of that kind of a system. But they want us to create a generation that will follow this satanic agenda. It's an antichrist agenda. It's implemented through legislation, through policies of government, through social transformation programs of government. So today, there's a serious attempt to convert, to, to change the mindset of our children, pupils, at an early age. It's an, it's an international agenda so that they succumb or they agree with this antichrist agenda. That's, that's two, question of destroying the institution of marriage and family. Thirdly, legalize abortion. Why they say they must legalize abortion? It says make sex the most enjoyable things, promote it. Today, you look at the media, how it advertises. Even if you advertise anything that is supposed to be good, you must make it so such that it has got some sexual connotations in it. Why? It's because they are, they, they are turning this society to, to something else. And South Africa was the one that legalized abortion. And said, um, as a child under 12 years old must abort, but a 12-year-old child cannot vote because he's, he's a minor, you know? So that's the third one. The fourth one was to legalize prostitution. They are still coming with that one. Mm. The first thing that they are doing and they are continuously doing now is to change our conceptualization. And they are introducing new concepts and then they introduce new laws. Like, for example, if you now call a prostitute a sex worker, you know? All that you are creating, we are creating a, a situation where people must accept that prostitution is a normal thing that must be done in the society. And that is against God's laws. It's against natural laws, basically. So you have got a human law versus a, 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 a God's laws here in South Africa. And you can go further than that. Look at the the issue of this 10-point this ten platform I'm talking about, which we need to go to it so that we know that we're dealing with a broader agenda here, not just Pepuda. The last clause, clause number 10, it says, let all governments make these laws and let all churches endorse these laws. I can tell you, Professor was saying that we were at the forefront as Christians, as religious community of the struggle against apartheid. Apartheid was in itself a satanic agenda yes. because it was promoting satanic values and immoral agenda. Yes. Christians stood up not because they were supporting in any political party, but they felt that this is in contradiction to God's laws and principles and moral standards. But, but some you know, 
That's why they were at the forefront. Mfundis, someone will say that the, the mm. challenge is with Christians in South Africa is that they are not together because, like for example, where were Christians when the pastors in Sibukeng were, uh, were, were, were brutalized and arrested? Someone will say, where were the Christians and organizations like your organization when on the 28th of February this year, Pastor Mkuba was uh, we saw an attack never seen, brutality, police brutality in that place. Where was the church? Where were other I, Christians? I, you, must, you must understand, you know what happened here in South Africa? What happened was that uh, the forces that were at the forefront of the struggle, they pulled back because now there was this legal uh, authority or this legal leadership that they respected, that it will transform and take South Africa forward, you know? Part of it, you see the religious community, the Christian churches not saying anything but endorsing all what government is doing. So this is what has been happening. You are correct. Uh, I was there in, uh, in Jobek uh, at Pastor Mukuba's church when all that happened. And I was there, I'm a witness number one of what happened there. I, I, I've got, I was shot wow. even myself with rubber bullet. I was there right through. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, it's not a hit scene. In, in this whole thing, where, where, where is was CRL? Where is CRL? Because I thought there was, no, there, there was no CRL there. But all what I'm saying here is that the attacks that are now coming up directly to churches and to pastors, it, it's because they, with the system, with laying the ground, the framework, they are done with it. But now they must deal with the institution itself, you know. That's why now it has to deal with closing churches. That's why now it has to deal with, if these churches were open and they continue to preach, you know, the message is still going to continue. Because it started with things like hate crime bill, you know. So it's it's all centered around ensuring that we are unable to preach the word of god the truth as it is we must preach what they want and what they think you know and and it's it's so funny because it, we are living in a democratic country and we were expecting that a freedom of association freedom of speech freedom of of religion will be respected and promoted by by government as a constitutional issue, and by also chapter nine institutions that have been set up. But it's the opposite of that. Mm. It's the opposite of that. Uh, yes, Professor. I also wanted to make, yes, I wanted also to make an example here so that people don't think that we are contradicting ourselves. We respect rights of children. We respect rights of women. Yes. We respect rights of everybody. Are not a militant yes. Christian group that give about everything. We do support transformation, mm. but transformation must be open. There must be consultations openly. Uh, let me make an, a practical example. Uh, uh, Rev Sipomo Mengezeli mentioned the issue of children um, who are um, uh, um, free to do abortion, for instance, at the age of 12. Yes, and we are asking a question: Where were Christians during that process? Christians were there, 
but mm. people in most cases are not empowered to understand some of these laws. For instance, there is a background why children are even going uh, for abortion without knowledge of parents, without knowledge of anyone, mm. because they're being raped parents. Mm. But they're being raped. talk about now oh we did not know why these things are not being disclosed it can't be a secret that our children are being abused um in a, at home but why can't you reach mm. out um uh, to faith and seek for advice i mean we were asking a question where are christians when these things are being passed i mean it's easy for this country to call a, an economic summit and call a yeah. business people in one room. Why so difficult to do the same with Christians? Yes. Why all the time one entity must be summoned in Pretoria and speak on behalf of everybody? Why can't you bring all Christians in one room like other sectors of our, our society? It's easy for this government, I mean, even now, if you if for instance you can go to pretoria and say here is the crisis of economy what do we do they can call a summit they can call a summit of business people shop right and check us in one room and come up with a solution how do we deal with all this uh, um i mean uh, the effects of um these uh, uh, riots but why they're not doing the same um, with with faith leaders bring us in one room forget that we're in pieces it's okay we don't have a problem with our pieces after all we're all christians but what we need in this country is proper coordination wow and, yes and and, and, I, I, and I, I, yes Mfundis. go ahead please yes i think i think i think i think i think prof uh, has has come up with what all of us christians and other religions have been saying that government needs to take this institution the religious sector very serious broadly and christians in particular and 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 one thing that they must do they need to create uh, uh, platforms authentic platforms where they think they can engage with the christian community and the religious sector in general uh, I will make one example that we, we have once proposed here, uh, which, which is still a, 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 a discussion document that we were, were busy trying to put together. You know, in South Africa, uh, you have what is called the House of Traditional Leaders. Né? You have got what is called the House of Traditional Leaders because that's an institution that is being recognized within the governance, the new democratic dispensation. That's the kind of a leadership that you cannot just uh, pretend as if it's just one of the people who are running taverns. You understand what I'm trying to say? But this is a critical component of community leadership that has got a say and must have a formal say in 
the way government is doing governance, in the way people of God are being governed. So that's where we, the government, that's why the government doesn't want to, that's the issue that the government doesn't want to address. And instead, what the prof has said, they manipulate the consultation process. They buy certain religious leaders so that they can speak their language and promote their own agenda. And if you if you were you were you were to follow how government has been consulting with Christian or religious leaders, let me be general in South Africa, there's nothing else that you can pick up except that they will only be consulted when government wants to go towards elections. They will throw religious national religious summit so that they say come let's hear what are you saying but in those kind of meetings all that they do they want people to say we will support you then even when there are programs that are supposed to be driven by christian communities or religious sector those the religious leaders that will be chosen they are religious leaders that have got political connections and religious leaders that will actually serve what government is saying so a prof is quite correct even if one can say we are divided, we are not divided uh, such that we do not see our common goal. We don't have a common goal. But even government itself has been very, very instrumental in causing those divisions. Because even with these legislations that we're talking about, I can tell you, people have been writing submissions, even with the homo, with same-sex marriages, with the abortion thing and everything else, People, the majority of Christians, the majority of the religious sector have made submissions. And you can't tell me at the end of the whole thing, it comes out to say, no, everybody has accepted that abortion must be legalized. No, you can't. Because Christians are still saying this is illegal, this is wrong, this is immoral, this is, this is ungodly. But because you don't have power and you don't have a platform where you can canvas the unity that you are talking about, and, and government does it deliberately. Even with the COVID-19 thing, in the National Command Council, the stakeholders that are there, it's government, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the business, it's the, it's, it's the, it's the, what are the traditional leaders, but there's no religious leader representation in that COVID, in National Command. And yet this thing affects all of us. So religious leaders are, are reduced to nothing, have been reduced to nothing. They have got no status. All that were, were seen to be supposed to be doing is just to come and pray or to come and, and support government when they have created a crisis themselves, you know? So that, that's, that's the main problem. And Prof is saying, no, Create a conducive environment. If you are a governor, I will create a conducive environment for the religious sector to operate to its full, uh, you know, uh, gear, so that I can get something from them. There's a lot of right, good people. In fact, people who are governors within the religious sector, governors better than the governors that we have. People who, who reason, people who, who are driven by righteousness and justice people who understand these things, but they're not given space, you know, because a certain agenda must be persuaded. 
So what what okay. what 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 are you going to do from here? Because that is the that is the million dollar question now. And come to think of it, someone will say the president attended the G seven summit and came back and locked down the country, took the country to the the highest level of lockdown, which is the fourth level, level four, and which saw yeah. churches being shut down, locked. And someone is saying. I'm, I'm really wrapping up now. Someone is saying the, 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 the purpose of that or the agenda behind that is that the church must be broken, broke it, break it, make the church so broke, yeah. you know, like literally broke, suck the funds out. Because if they are not, operation, that if they are not operational, People will not be giving offerings and all that so that the church does not have funds to really defend themselves. How true is that? Is that, does that make any sense? Can we make anything out of it? Professor and Mfundis. For me, I think the, the what, what the church is busy doing now is to deal with in-house issues so that first we address this issue of unity. Um, as Prof has said, we, 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 we are organizing ourselves. There are a number of formations that are being formed in South Africa currently, because people have just been woken up to what is happening. So there are a number of organizations that are, are, are mushrooming, uh, organizations that are, are saying that we need basically to have a national prophetic voice that speaks on issues of governance, that speaks on issues of transformation, that speaks on issues of unity, and, and a, a, a voice that will be able to advise government, a voice that will, we're not fighting government, but we're saying government, let's create a space for us so that you can hear what are we saying. So we're busy trying to do that now, we're busy trying to come together as different formations uh, because we, yes it's a true it's true some are at another level others are another level others have got a different perspective but the the common thing is that at the moment all christian organizations and movements must unite and beyond that all religions must unite if, if that is possible but that's not the main issue but the issue is that the christian formations establishments must come together and speak with one voice as we do that on the other side we have not stopped engaging government on the day-to-day -day issues that we're dealing with like the closure of churches yes. we are protesting we're mobilizing against the closure of churches we are arguing even if the challenge that we're arguing from outside the ring you know what i'm saying yeah. we are supposed to be boxing inside we're outside the ring. That's why they simply ridicule us as if we're like howlers speaking from through social media and everything. It's because they have not created a space for us to be heard, you know? So what we're doing now, we are trying to negotiate to government and say, please give a recognition on the role of religious leaders. I'm broad now. On the role of religious leaders. And when you give that recognition, let's sit down with you, President, and define who we are 
And what is it that was? If you say we are not organized, create a space, yeah. you know, within your environment. Yeah, so that we can come together and then we can give you what is it that was saying. And that is possible. Why did they create a space for traditional leaders? You know, they've got traditional leaders and they've created a space, an institutional base for them to communicate with government. Let me let me just before I give to over to Prof, let me let me give you some kind of a background around this thing. You know, President, the first president, democratic president of South Africa, when he came into power, one of the issues that he had to deal with was to how do I accommodate the religious sector on issues of governance and transformation in South Africa and nation building? How do I create an institutional arrangement or a structural arrangement that I will be able to talk to them? You know? And he established what was called the National Religious Leaders Forum. Ne? Yes. It has got its own baby. I, I, I don't want to get there. But he created a platform where he expected all religious formations or to come there and, and speak to him. But how that was done, it's a, something that we can discuss another time. When another president comes in, President Jacob Zuma came in, he created his own structure of consulting with the religious sector. You understand? What was called the National Interfaith Religious, National Interfaith Leaders Council. Mm. And then he was actually adopting, he was actually adopting an interfaith concept, the global interfaith concept, which comes from the New World Order conceptualization of things. You understand? And the issue that religious leaders were saying at that stage, I was part of those negotiations and discussions. We were saying, this National Interfaith Leaders Council that you are creating, it's part of the world order system. It's conceptualization. That's one. The second thing, uh, there is no way that a political organization can take a driving seat in organizing and mobilizing the unity of religions. There's no such a thing. Why are they interested in mobilizing and organizing the religious sector? Instead of creating conducive environment for them to organize themselves, why should they take even a resolution, a political decision that we will inter interface and interact with the religious community through an interfaith concept? And then all of us must follow that. That's a political agenda, obviously. And we will never have control over that. And this is exactly what has happened in South Africa. Now, we've got another president, uh, President Sir Ramaphosa. He has not defined how he wants to interact with the religious community up until this stage. But I believe you... Through the COVID... But I believe you, you have meetings with him. Have you ever raised this in your meetings with him? Or you have yeah, you, well, you, we, we have raised it. No, no, no. Uh, to, be, to be honest, we have raised it. Let me we are raising it. Let me let, yes. Okay, explain what is going to happen. Let me explain what is going to happen. I'm, I'm sure these are my closing uh, statements. Um, we are now mobilizing ourselves. Yeah. We don't want to be mobilized by government. We know how to mobilize ourselves, and we are going to convene summits, meetings, and conferences and invite a, a, a Ramaphosa's government, not the other way around. Because it is high time, because Bibi can. Our role is to advise governments and kingdoms 
pray for them, pray for their uh, uh, governments, not the other ones. Uramaposa can't tell me that please come and pray for me. It is my duty to it's do so Uramaposa without him me. instructing me. Yes. So, so we will be mobilizing ourselves and we have started doing so. But also yes. I must mention that um, people must think that uh, we are now a stubborn group who don't know what we want. We'll continue to engage even civil society. We are then yes. Prof, are you there? We seem to be losing your sound. Bundis. Yes. Equip no, ourselves. I think I think so okay, that by the fair. time we challenge certain laws in this country, at least we have knowledge. We know how to address some of these issues. We know, for instance, right now, we are busy um, uh, 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 collecting data of pastors in South Africa so that we start rolling out a program of ensuring that pastors are equipped. Yeah, that's correct. When when things become uh, hectic, the churches are called upon and uh, the religious leaders. I think <laughs> in closing, Umfundis you wants to say something. Umfundis, in, in closing, your, your closing remarks now, because we, we're really out of time and we are really grateful that you are here. Yeah. But in, in closing, what, what can no. you say? No, in closing, in closing, uh, is I, I just want to say that um, um, it is good that uh, in one way or the other we have been rudely awakened by COVID-19. Uh, it has exposed uh, the state of the church in South Africa and the religious sector in general. It has also exposed the state of governance. Um, it has exposed the state of our communities. It has also exposed that actually in, for, in the whole 26 years that we have been speaking about a new democratic order, uh, actually we have not done anything. All the transformation agendas and freedoms and, and rights that we, have, we thought we have, we don't have. So all of us, we have to go to the drawing board. But for me, the priority is to really focus on the unity of the Christian movement and actually uh, the unity of, of, of the religious sector and, and, and really engage, equip ourselves, as, as Prophet said, on policy matters, prepare ourselves to be governors in future. This thing of us becoming uh, people who must come and pray for government, who must come and bail out government, must come to an end. The real task, the real responsibility of the church, the real assignment for the church is to promote godly governance, promote